Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. I'm just checking in to see how you're doing, how your week is going along. Are you worried about the variant? Are you not worried about the variant? You know, what is happening with you? I know what's going on in Milwaukee. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to the 2021 NBA champions, your Milwaukee Bucks. And they've been waiting 50 years. So I'm going to say it again. Congratulations to the 2021 NBA champions, your Milwaukee Bucks. What a run. Who goes down two games to none? And then runs the fucking table. Your Milwaukee Bucks. Who keeps you dying on the vine for half a fucking century before they win the next one? Your Milwaukee Bucks. Who saw that tub of shit with the fucking basketball jersey and her giant flabby arm that made her look like a grandmother and she was still in the 20s because it was full of brats? Your Milwaukee Bucks fan base. Who probably created a new variant of the fucking coronavirus with 60,000 strong with no masks or condoms, probably. Your Milwaukee Bucks fan base. Jesus Christ, they should have put fucking COVID in liquid form and just put it into a crop duster. It just fucking flown right over that goddamn crowd. Flown it right. What'd you tell young? I would hold my breath. You ain't gonna fuck with my freedom. I have the freedom to ignore science. I have the freedom to to ignore common sense. I talked to somebody today and they were going like, you know, I go, well, you didn't like what happened with polio? She goes, hey, not for nothing. You know, uh, I got a friend of mine and uh, her kid got the polio shot and he had to drag his legs for two years. I was like, all right, so the kid had a reaction. Other than that, it went pretty fucking good, right? It's so fucking dumb. This I don't trust. I don't trust. You're full of shit that you don't trust it. Because I'll tell you right now, if the if the fucking... If they came out with a shot that gave you a flat stomach and abs, all of these same people, they ain't fucking my freedom, they'd be right down there getting that fucking thing. Because all of those fat fucks, they go in for that lap band surgery. They go in for that shit knowing they could die. They don't give a fuck. Gonna get me some abs. You know, open heart surgery. People die all the fucking time on the operating table. If you need it, you're not going to get it. There's always going to be an example of something that, you know, that went wrong. I mean, the Patriots drafted a fucking tight end and he turned out to be a mass murderer. What, are we never going to fucking draft another tight end? What the fuck are we doing here? You go out to a bar, you hit on some chicks, you get turned down, you go home, you have to jerk off. Are you never going to hit on women again? Does that mean hitting on women doesn't lead to getting laid at some point? According to these people, it does. What would you do? 
uh, part of me is starting to think like, you know what? I think just some people don't have a dream or their dream died. So the only thing that they have is killing other people's dreams of getting on with their lives and making money. You know, or maybe it like the government telling them what to do taps into how much they hated as a child that they had to listen to their parents and how much they hated when they got into high school. They scared you. You need two, two years of a language. You got to have this. If you don't, you need an extracurricular activity. Do you remember the first night when you were on your own? I mean, I'm talking like with me. I commuted to college. Right. I paid for most of my college. I had to work through all of that. I fucking pulled myself up by my bootstraps. I'm better than all of you. Um, I fucking, uh, my first time being alone. I moved out when I was 27. I moved out briefly when I was 20 and then I had to go back to school so I couldn't afford it. So I had to work and fucking do all of that shit. So, and it took me forever to get through college because I can only afford to go part-time. Boo-hoo, boo-fucking-hoo. Then I became a fucking comedian. Then I was, knew I was going to move to New York, so I wasn't going to move out and blow all my money on some stupid fucking apartment in Boston. I stayed at home like a fucking loser and saved up enough money where I could survive that first fucking year of ridiculously high rent. And, um, and then hopefully I'd be in clubs and making enough money where I could swing my rent, which is what happened. But when I moved down there at 27, I remember the first night I was hanging at the comic strip. Lucian had basically already told me, I already have enough white guys. You and your dream can go right back to Boston. It's not going to happen. You know, if I was some white chick and there was Twitter, I could have got him fired for that. Uh, but instead, I just worked harder. Um, <laughs> anyway. I, uh, I remember that night sitting at the bar thinking at 27 i remember thinking clearly like you know what i don't have to go home i don't have to do whatever i want i could do what i can get fucking drunk right now if i knew how to talk to women i could bring a broad home i could get a fucking i don't know whatever the fuck i want to eat eat it watch tv i can do whatever the fuck i want but you know what i thought instead i was like you know what i should do i should go home and get some sleep wake up tomorrow and write some fucking jokes because the clock is ticking and I'm going to run out of money eventually in this fucking city. And that's what I did. You know, that was an analogy to tell you to go home and get your rest. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. But uh, congratulations also to the Phoenix Suns on an amazing, amazing run. You can't hang your heads. Even though you're up two games to none, it fucking happens. Shit, I remember the 86 Red Sox were up two games to none. We won the first two in New York, Shea Stadium. I still remember coming home, getting out of my car. My neighbor just came home, and, I, uh, and we, were, we were our teenagers. I remember galloping sideways in a circle with him, jumping up and down, thinking we were going to win it, and we fucking lost it. So it happens every year. You know, whatever, 30, 29, 30 teams don't win it. Only one team does. I don't subscribe to this. They didn't win because this guy blew it. This guy never gets it done. Uh, you know, I was watching Jim Rome and he was kind of getting on Chris Paul a little bit. 
He, you know, he's never done. He's the only guy that this is the third or fourth time being up two games to none where he's lost his series. And it's like, I don't think Chris Paul is your problem. <laughs> he's one of the best players in the league. Like, is it his problem that he can't drag the rest of the guys over the fucking wall? You're going you're gonna to go after the star player. I've just never understood that. But he was just saying that it's a pretty wild stat. I've never fucking, you know, no one else has a thing. But it's just like, well, you know, here's another wild stat. You're the only guy I've ever seen get tipped over in a chair on his own show. I still watch you. I don't think you're not getting it done. But that's a pretty wild stat. All the people that have done sports shows, I've never seen a guy have the guest tip him over in a fucking chair after basically an eight-year-old on a playground argument. I bet you won't. I bet I will. Go ahead, do it. And then he does it. I mean, it was, it was embarrassing. For, it set men back like fucking, I don't know what. But I don't think he shouldn't have a show, and I don't think he, that he doesn't get it done. I've just never understood that. We didn't win the championship. Let's go after the best players. Let's go after the reason why we're here. Um, I've never understood that. But, I mean, I think that that's, that's just the way it works. So, anyway, let's talk diet. Um. Went a little off the diet. I'm not going to lie to you. And I didn't go to the gym yesterday. I had to take a day off at some point. I just woke up, you know, old Billy post mushrooms, going to therapy. He's been dealing with a lot of fucking shit. Unpacking, as they said. And, uh, you know, I just didn't feel like fucking doing anything yesterday. I was like, you know what? It'll put me in a good mood. Why if I just cancel a bunch of shit and I have a nice daddy-daughter date? That's what I'm going to do. So instead, I took my lovely daughter out. And we went, uh, we went to a park, and she rode a bike, and she went to the, the playground, put on her masks, and, you know, it's funny. She's like, it's like, Dad, the slides are too hot. I was like, all right, let's ride the bike more. She was chasing me, and I was, you know, running after her and all that stuff. It was just awesome. And then we went out and got some ice cream. And they said, do you want a kid scoop or an adult scoop? I said a kid scoop, but it's one of these old school places. So even a kid scoop, the, the fucking scoop of ice cream was as big as my daughter's head. So I ended up finishing what she didn't eat, which is the first time I've had ice cream in like a month. And uh, I just sort of hung out with my wife and kids all day. And I took two naps, kind of needed it. And now today I'm fucking back on it. Where my day, I just woke up. Made the breakfast, which I love doing. I'm teaching my daughter how to make waffles because she loves them. Then I did a record for the fifth and final season of F is for Family. I did a little bit of therapy. Now I'm knocking out this podcast right before I do the uh, Anything Better podcast with Verzi. And then I'm going to the gym. I'm getting back on the fucking elliptical. When I get on the elliptical, I'm looking at my fucking flashcards for this instrument test. Which, by the way, I flew... uh, Five times and over the last week, and I've probably done anywhere between 10 and 15 instrument approaches, missed approaches, holds, and all of that. And I, I've gotten to the point where I now get it. I'm not behind the aircraft except for the, uh, the VOR ones. I, sometimes I, I, I forget to look at the clock or set the clock for my minutes going down before you get to the missed approach point. And, uh, but I flew with this other guy who, who told me the trick of control your altitude with your power, which I was doing with my cyclic, which is a fucking, that's what's a stick, but, you know, between your legs, as opposed to the thing that looks like an emergency brake for those of you who don't fly helicopters, right? So, and you're able to just lock it in. 
and then you just don't move the collective, and then you're just locked in on this attitude, and you come right down. And on a precision approach, when you come out and you end up looking up, you know, with your stupid fucking foggles on, uh, and the runway, you're like dead center right down the middle. And I've just been having an absolute blast. I understand all the avionics in my uh, helicopter now. And I got to tell you, like, I landed yesterday or two days ago, and I, I just felt like a pilot for the first time ever. Like, uh, you know, because we ended up doing like an auto rotation in, and I did a really great auto, and I was just like, I just fucking, I f- I'm feeling one with this thing, uh, which is beyond exciting. And I am now obsessed with approach plates. Like I was looking at them for like major airports, like, Logan Airport in Boston and just seeing all the different ways of coming in and and uh, I can tell the difference between the uh, if I need to be in VOR or in GPS it's fucking wild man I can't believe after you know that I got all of that in there in the in the old hard drive so I'm very excited about that um, I'm excited to not be uh you know, my wife freaked out the other day when all that CNN bullshit was going on, which I fucked up was because usually whenever I trash one, I always trash the other. But that time I didn't. So Fox News picked it up. Isn't that funny? Which really proved my point that it's really not news, because if it was news, they would have brought that up when I was also criticizing them along with CNN. Sort of fascinating. But my wife actually started to read it. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's not going to be in the news. It's going to go away. OK, 9-11 went away. That was on the front page for like two weeks. And eventually that went, if that went away, if that fucking tragedy went away, I, I really got to think after a couple of days, my fucking, whatever the fuck I said on a podcast is going to go away. Cause she started to read it. I go, I don't want to fucking listen to that shit. Your fucking version of what you think I said. Um, but anyway, um, Really excited, though, getting back to the Milwaukee Bucks, man. What a performance. Ante DeCampo, Middleton Holiday, the whole fucking team. Um, I really needed that white guy to hit those last two foul shots, and he didn't. You know what I mean? There is something about watching the NBA, you know, where it's exciting, and then as a white guy, sometimes you get low self-esteem. It's like, Jesus Christ, can you get the fucking rebound? Hit the three. Can you hit the three? I'm not talking about European white guys. I'm going to say it, okay? American white guys need to step it up. That's actually not true because that white kid on fucking Milwaukee kills it. No, I'm sorry, on, uh, on Miami kills it. I don't know the names. All right? I don't pretend to know the fucking names. Uh, I used to know names. I used to name names. But I just don't have, I don't have the fucking bandwidth anymore with the kids. Uh, so, anyway, so I'm going to hit the gym after this. I'm actually, oh, Billy, pull downs so I can eventually do a pull-up. Um, getting back to that. My shoulder feels great. I've been stretching. I've been playing drums. I've uh, been playing along to that Mammoth album, the Wolfgang Van Halen album. Loving that. And he played the drums on that. Dude, he's a fucking badass drummer too with a killer foot. So I've been having a good time with that. And uh, I don't know. I think yesterday it was, I had I had like that fucking Catholic guilt. Does anybody else have that? The fucking Catholic guilt that if you actually take a day off, I could be doing something right now. 
Dude, I laid around like a fucking goddamn grizzly bear yesterday. I didn't do shit. Well, I guess I took my kid to the park. But um, I do remember when I was eating ice cream with her. And I was kind of sitting there. And I was just thinking, like, this is what when, you know, someday when I'm laying on my deathbed, this is what I'm going to think about. Is that I did this and I'll be happy that I did this. As opposed to, uh, I got to go over there. I got to get this done. I got to do that. I got to get better at this. And I just like, she fucking relaxed there, freckles. <laughs> Why don't you sit down long enough to have a little bit of sunspots on top of your fucking head there? Jesus Christ. That's all I do is I just wake up and I just start fucking running around like a lunatic. You know what I did do the other day? Which for any other people out there shaved their head. You know which is fucking great? Uh, if you have a fucking shaved head and you're on an elliptical, is to have the headband, you know, on your head, man. It's the best. Then you don't have to fucking slow down and towel off your head, you know, every three minutes after you've been on it for like, you know, 10, 12 minutes. And it just becomes, you know, pouring down your face. It's actually great. I had it on. My wife was on the treadmill and she was just laughing at me. I was like... Like I, go, I know I look like an asshole, but it works. Um, now, the great thing about getting old, you don't care what you look like. <laughs> it's over. You're over the hill. And you know it's just going to get worse. So as bad as somebody thinks you looks, you know that this is the best you're going to look from now into the future. You're over the hill, right? There you go. Oh, geez, Bill, you explained something that we already understood. Um. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for buying tickets for August 11th at the, uh, the Wilbur Theater. Uh, I'm going to get to send off my buddy, uh, the great Wayne Previty, in style. It's actually become a benefit slash um, reunion where I you know, reached out to all of these comics that... Uh, you know, I started out with, and I'm trying to put together a show where uh, I'm recreating a a lineup from like 25 years ago, even more than that, between 25 and 30 years ago. We used to do stand-up at the, the 99s in, in Bell Ricca, and John David got the room, and it was such a huge gig for my whole generation and the generation before me, like coming up, it was such a fucking huge gig because it gave us this stage time. And it was not easy stage time because it was not an easy gig. It was just this giant stage as far as like, it wasn't long. It was just really high. And you would walk up there and you'd stand up there. And there was this big bar. And I remember, oh God, I still, it's still vivid to me. And on and all of these people would uh, be talking and drinking and watching the game. The worst is when they would put the sound down on like a Bruins game and you'd go up there and these fucking people were just losing their minds yelling at you. And uh, this guy, John David, booked it. But by learning how to handle that room, it set you on your path to all the hell room gigs that you were going to have to work. And I remember I used to watch these guys come in and close it because that was like the paid spot was the, the actual professional comic would come in after all of us 
you know, open micers or just sort of openers or whatever that like still worked for free, you know, to figure shit out. They would come in and they would close it out doing like a half hour. And all of these guys like Chris McGuire now, who's got a huge writing career out here, Hollywood, uh, who else? Paul Nardizzi and Steve Bjork. I used to watch all of these guys come in and close it out. And you just sit there watching like, it was amazing. The second they walked on stage, like the, the even the bar just sensed that somebody that knew what they were doing was on stage. And they just immediately, they had this sense of poise and control. And I remember I would watch it, trying to absorb it, but not understanding what they were doing because I didn't know how to do it. But I would really uh, go back in that moment to still being a fan of like stand-up, which I still am. But like, I almost became like a crowd member, audience member, where I would just sit there and watch these guys go up and kill in this room that was like, you know, kicking my ass most of the times. And there was nothing better than when you went up and you actually had a good set. If you had a good setup, it was so funny. Like you would actually get a little bit of a buzz around Boston in, in like your, your thing. Like, hey man, I heard you killed at the 99s. You know, who'd you follow? Uh, what, what was your spot? Like everyone wanted to know like the, the, the stats. Who did you go on after? How far into the show were you? And um, I particularly remember that show always hanging out in the parking lot with all of the guys that I'm going to be working with on August 11th. And we would be talking about, uh, you know, comics and, and, and around town and famous comedians and uh, I don't know, our dreams of what the hell we wanted to do right in that parking lot. And I think the 99 of Bill Rick, I wonder if that's still there. I got to look that up. I'm sure if I went there 30 years, they fucking redid it. It's probably not the same, which brings you back to that expression. You can never go home, which I didn't understand. I was like, what are you talking about? I go home all the time. It's not going to be the same people. And they're going to redo the fucking 99, 99 restaurant. Belrica, Mass, get the fuck out of here. Oh, they got two. Look at them fucking. All right, let me click on this. Oh, no, this is the, will it let me do the satellite? For some reason, the Google cunts. Let's see, Google Map. It's the one that had the giant, you drove down a hill and it had a giant parking lot. All right, wait a second. What am I doing here? It's it's really amazing how long I've had a computer and how little I know how to fucking do this shit. How come I can't go satellite here? Ah, who gives a shit? It's one of those things. Route 3. That's back when you had to, like, write down... You had to write down the fucking uh, directions. Long time ago. I'm trying to find... Oh, God, there's a picture of the awful food. I don't see any picture inside the restaurant. Like I said, I'm sure it fucking changed since way back then. I'm really just babbling, aren't I? Just going down fucking memory memory lane here. Um, all right, let me do a little bit of advertising reads here. Um, by the way, I'm down to a buck 80 and change. I'm almost into 170s. So get your fucking fat shaming in soon because pretty soon when I get down to a buck 78, hopefully by Sunday, then I'm only going to be, according to the body mass index, 
Index, index, index. I'll only be five pounds overweight, but I'm also at the top. They said I can be from 129 all the way up to 173. Yeah, I'm another slice. Um, The whole gamut. All right, Roman, everybody. Most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but thinking about baseball doesn't always work. Um, The folks at Roman, can you imagine thinking about baseball in 86 when the Red Sox blew it to the Mets? While you're banging your wife. <laughs> I can't accidentally choke her out. The folks at Roman, an online men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer lasting sex. Roman Swipes are a clinically proven way to last longer in bed. They're effective, easy to use, and fast acting, but don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in a discreet, unmarked... He's numbing his dick! It's not going to say that. In discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes are great. They will not transfer to your partner, so you can last longer without worrying. Uh, I'm just picturing your dick like an elephant trunk. Just fucking drinking the water, just drinks up the numbness. Is that what happens? Just absorbs it so quickly. Uh, they're super easy to use. Like evidently, it dries up like fucking jet fuel. Just take the swipes out of the packet, swipe it on, let it dry, and you're good to go. That's it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Burr and get $10 off your first order of swipes plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Burr for $10 off your first order of swipes plus free two-day shipping. Um... Why can't you just own up and just say, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I come really fast, okay? But I can get back in the game real quick, all right? I'm right back in. It's like a fucking F1 pit stop. I'll be right back in the game, and then, you know, I'll last a little longer. And, you know, uh, we'll do three for the price of one, okay? Hopefully, I'll get you there by the third one. You know what I mean? When I got flop sweat on my face. All right, Liquid Death, everybody. Uh, they told me not to read the copy. Evidently, they don't like the way I read. or so. I think they're telling everybody not to read the copy. Basically, Liquid... You know, these fucking plastic bottles that they put the, uh, the water in, uh, they last for 800 to 1,000 years. All right? It's 120, 130 degrees out. You know, we got to stop doing this. I've, been, I've used one plastic bottle in the last month. And I've been doing stand-up like a maniac. I literally bring like a thermos with me, my water at home, or I just grab a liquid death because it is made, uh, they stick it in an aluminum can. It looks like a Bud Tall. Uh, it, liquid death also donates 10% of their profits to help kill plastic pollution forever. I think, you know, at this point, we can't keep blaming the big companies or expect them to do anything about it. I think uh, if we act as individuals... They'll see that this is the direction people are going in, and then they'll see dollar signs, and maybe they'll actually help clean up their act. Uh, you can get these wonderful cans of water uh, and biodegradable cans that will, uh, at Whole Foods or 7-Eleven. And also, I got to tell you, it tastes better. Taste, but water in glass or aluminum or anything like that just tastes better than just fucking in plastic. Plus, I heard they sit in the warehouse for like fucking years. Anyway, uh, you can get a special deal through me. Go to liquiddeath.com slash burr to get a free set of koozies with your first order or any case of water. And while you're waiting uh, for your free koozies, 
to arrive, grab some Liquid Death at any Whole Foods or 7-Eleven. That's liquiddeath.com slash bird to get a free set of koozie and your first order of any case of water. Grab some cans now and completely murder your thirst. That's what I've been doing. I am completely off of water bottles. I have to figure out a way to do this when I'm on the road. And I'm thinking the way to do it is I'll just buy some Liquid Death while I'm out there. I might just put it in my rider because they're at like Whole Foods, which I think are around. You know what? I'm going to fucking do that right now. I'm going to send that out to my, my agent there. Give him something to fucking worry about extra. Like, oh, Jesus. He's becoming a diva. Look at him. Flies a couple of good instrument approaches, and then all of a sudden you can't tell this guy a goddamn thing. Um, all right, everybody. That is the podcast. I'm coming up against it here before I go do the uh, the Verzi podcast. Once again, congratulations to the city of Milwaukee and uh, all of their amazing fans. I mean, 60,000 people showed up to just stand outside and party. I mean, talk about, like, I mean, that is a, that is a fucking fan base, man. Um, I actually went to a home game there a long time ago when they played at, like, the fucking Bradley Center or something like that, and that was that was probably the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, sort of the depths of the Milwaukee Bucks drought. Kind of almost halfway through it, if a little bit more. But um, it's just great for the city. And congratulations to the Phoenix Suns uh, on an amazing series, an amazing run, and all of that. Uh, They got a great team, and they got nothing to be ashamed of, and they, they will be back. That's what I think. That's what I'm thinking, That, and I'm fucking sticking with it. All right. Enjoy the music picked out by the other Greek freak, Andrew Themelis. And we're going to have a bonus half hour of material, not material, of a, a bonus episode of uh, the Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. All right. I hope all you guys have a great couple of days and a great weekend, you cunts. And uh, that's it. I'll talk to you later. Bill Byrne, it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, July 22nd, 2013. Off we go into the wild blue yonder. Flying high into the sky. Ah, fuck. I got a bunch of shit to do today, people. Just like you. Even my Mondays are busy. I actually got a lot of shit out of the way already. I walked my dog around the block. It took a shit. I picked it up. In a bag. All right. Unlike that Rappaport fella. I picked it up, right? And I put it in somebody's barrel. Somebody else's barrel. 
which is the right thing slash douchey thing to do. The ultimate neighborly thing is you pick it up and you hold on to it till you get back to your own trash can, and then you put it in there. That right there, that is a class act. All right? Then you have tier two, you have me. Well, at least he picked it up, but then the cunt threw it in my trash barrel. I can argue, well, hey, you know, it's a trash barrel. What, are you worried that it's just going to smell like rotting garbage? Is this shit smell really going to ruin it? But I understand there's a principle. It's your dog. It's your shit. Um, you know, then you have the last ones, the people who just don't pick it up. But anyways, anyways, people have been breaking into cars in my neighborhood, man. It's fucking every once in a while, like just they'll come by here for a while and they leave. L.A.'s really a weird city where it's like you live in a place and one night it's safe and then the next night it isn't. You know, there's the general vibe and then there's also like the fucking roulette aspect of living in Los Angeles. So I think they come by, they fuck with cars because it's the same people, right? It's five of them. It's five people running the world and there's five people breaking all the windows and stealing shit in this car. I'm convinced of it. All right. I have, I have, I have information that can back that up. If you want it, I'll give it to you, but I would appreciate it if you've been listening to my podcast long enough that you would just take me at my own, that my word actually means something to you, you know? Um, anyways, they've been breaking in these fucking cars and, uh, that's just annoying. I told you they had me last time. They fucking, there was nothing in my car and then they took all my quarters, those little satchel of quarters for the parking meters because I still don't want to use my credit card because I don't want to tell people where the fuck I am, you know? Well, according to your, your, your fucking parking meter records, you, you were there, sir. <clears throat> and I know what right now. Dude, I can just track you with your cell phone, man. Um, maybe they can. But I could say, well, I lost my cell phone. Someone else had it, right? I could come around with it. But if he fucking uh, could say somebody stole my credit card. I don't know. I don't like people watching me all the fucking time. You know? You know what kills me is the amount of people that actually are happy Snowden did what he did and there's nobody any anywhere in media with any sort of a fucking job that pays any decent amount of money that is open in their fucking mouths. Everybody's keeping quiet. Good for you, Snowden. Keep running. You can stay at my house if you want to. <laughs> Hang out till, you know, it blows over. You know? Sit around, eat some TV dinners. Hey, you know what I did this week, everybody? I uh, I went out and I bought the, the body issue, the naked issue, the nude issue of ESPN. Why? Because I'm a pervert? Yes. Why? Because I always liked the 49ers but wanted to see their quarterback completely naked in the on some lava rocks? Absolutely. You got me. I can't remember how many times last year when I was watching a 49ers game. You know, this Colin Kaepernick... I'll tell you, he's entertaining to watch, but you know what would be more entertaining? If somehow he would get down on all fours on some fucking lava rocks, like he's going to uh, do a 100-yard dash into the ocean. That's what I would really like. <clears throat> no, you know why I bought it? Because somebody told me Gary Player was on the cover. That's what I was told. I'm like, Gary Player, isn't that guy like fucking 100 years old? They're like, no, he's like 77. You know? And they go, he's in unbelievable shape. You know me. I'm obsessed with not becoming a fat fuck. Right? Fat people call that having a body issue, you know, because they don't want to stop eating their jelly and Ritz crackers late at night, you know, that they stuff into ice cream. 
You know what's funny is as mean as I am to fat people, I've slowly begun to ins- just, according to this guy last week, and I'll take him as, as like every fat person who listens to this, I'm beginning to shame people into losing weight, and I think that that would be a great show. It would be just like Biggest Loser as far as the amount of yelling, but it wouldn't be as motivational. It would be like the opposite. And then it would cause a controversy, and then there would be people doing that split screen on TV. You know, you got the host, and then you got the two people like, uh, you know, well, well, what do you think, uh, person I've never heard of before? Well, I think it's great. You know, I think these fat fucks, uh, it's about time somebody called them a fat fuck. What do you think about a female uh, person who, of course, you have to have the motherly side of this? Well, I just think that people have to understand that it's a food addiction. This negative reinforces. We're seeing this in schools with by. Oh, fuck you, lady. Okay, I think you can lose a couple of pounds too. Hey, 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 hey. Let's try to keep it nice, all right? Let's try. Like the fucking host who's exploiting the whole problem can then sit there rubbing his chin, shaking his head, you know? You know, it's funny, all three of them. In that moment, they're all getting paid. They're all making money off of the lard that's in the asses of so many people these days. And I I like to think that that's the true uh, tragedy. You know, I like to think right now that I'm thinking outside the box. The ice box, I guess. I guess you would call it. What's the deal? Um, (laughs) So I got the body issue. And uh, you know what bugged me? This fucking trend... Like, the fucking tattoos um, that people have. You know what it is in particular? What is it in particular, Bill? I don't like people who write fucking inspirational shit on their body. Like, you know, and they always have it in a place, you know, they don't always, but for a lot of times, they have it in a fucking place where only I can really get a good look at it. So there's no way for me not to take that as like, what do you think, I'm a fucking moron? Like, you have life all figured out? That, you know, you got to write this shit on your body? Where the hell is it? Where the hell is this fucking person who was this fucking golfer? Beautiful woman, right? In like a 1950s kind of way, you know? Little houses, and they're all made out of ticky tacks. And we fuck missionary only to have more kids. They have blue eyes, they have brown eyes, and they all say fucking racist shit, but it's the 1950s and nobody knows better. Sorry. Um, that's a water fountain. It's just for us. It's the 19 fucking 50s. So this woman, <laughs> that's some of the worst singing I've ever done. Woof, that even sounded bad to me. So this is fucking lady. Her name is uh, Carly Booth. Gorgeous. Little Diesel. She's sitting there on the driving range. Looks like in Manhattan. Driving some golf balls. I'm sure people going by in their fucking yachts. You know, all upset. Going, why is that that naked woman playing golf? And I wasn't invited to that party. I don't have enough money. I thought I knew Bloomberg too. So anyway, she has written on the side of her body. All right. It starts at her waist and then goes down to whatever that that piece of meat is that's between... uh, it's at the same level as your ass cheek. Your side. Side of your hip, I guess you'd call it, right? Is that what it's called in the uh, the medical field? So anyways, this beautiful woman has something. I can't even read the first. It looks like the symbol for pie. I don't know what it is. She has written on the side of her body. It says, whatever is not. Oh, Jesus Christ, I can't read this. 
Whatever is not the stars to hold our destinies, but in ourselves, or our destiny. I can't read it. It's too far away. But I, I just don't know. Why, why, do, why do people do that? Is that for when she's hooking up with some guy, right, and he's banging her doggy style, and he kind of leans over and he looks, and then he reads that, and, like, what's he supposed to think then? Right? Like, damn, this bitch is deep. They're endless. Guys get them too, you know? Trying to be a little fair, a little more fair and balanced in the spirit of Fox News here, where I totally lean one way, but I try to just say I'm fair and balanced. Let's, 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 let's search this right now, shall we? Um, tattoo sayings. All right, click on there. We got some images here. All right. Oh, look at all these beautiful girls with sentences. It's like not only do you get to enjoy their beauty, they, they get to help you out with life. Let's see what we got here. Let's view all images. Well, make them bigger, you cunt. All right, this gorgeous woman. She's doing that thing where she puts her thumb in her fucking uh, belt loop and pulls her jeans down a little bit. That's like the classic when you have, like, the bathing suit uh, edition of Sports Illustrated. You always got to have, like... For you future women out there, or male models, I think guys can get away with it too. What you do is you're totally naked. You have little speedos on, and you're not showing enough skin. So then you got to take a thumb, you stick it in the side of it, and you pull it down a little bit, and then you have this look on your face like, "What? Did something happen?" Um. All right, she has on her side: fall down seven times, stand up eight. I, I it's just. If you're truly a strong person, you know, can't you just, you know, hear that and just, like, remember it? I am enough the way I am. This woman has this written on her uh, collarbone, and it goes right to the uh, the ball and socket joint there, whatever the fuck you call it. Uh, the ball joint there and your shoulder. I am enough the way I am. You know, like, I see that all I want to do is just give her a hug, pat her on the head, and just be like, I'm sorry your parents did whatever they did to you. I'm sorry they didn't say the things they needed to say. Um, all right, what does this person have? Now, that's written in French, so you know it's pretentious. Um, infinite. I don't know why you would have that on there. This is my favorite one. This guy has this written on his wrist. Take a chance. They don't come much bigger than this. You know? So whatever the situation is, be it he, he meets the girl of his dreams or some hooker who doesn't have a condom, he looks down at his wrist and that's what it says, right? I don't know. Is this bombing? I was in heaven. I was in hell. Believe in neither, but fear them as well. Damn. Were you really in heaven and were you in hell? Here on Earth, or did you visit another land? This fucking jerk off. He probably unloads trucks. He had it written on the back of his calf. Right? You're just a fucking asshole. You know, just, you should have said asshole and then a fucking arrow pointed right up at your fucking asshole. You know? All you pretentious cunts with your fucking song lyrics and crap on your body. Can you put them in a place where we don't have to look at Well, I don't have to look at it. I'm not going to speak for everybody. All right, that guy, if I was a dictator, if I was running shit, 
All right. After I assassinated or imprisoned or pistol whipped every fucking banker I could find. I would then be like, all right. You have two options. You either get that fucking thing removed. All right. Or you never wear shorts again. You're allowed to wear your underwears when you walk around your apartment. But that's it. Other than that, go fuck yourself. Look at these fucking people. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Oh, geez. Well, wow, I never looked at it that way. Thank God you wrote that on your rib cage. Would you like another fuzzy navel? <laughs> oh, my God. This girl's got an entire story written on her back. I just love this passage, and I always wanted to have it written on my back. All right, the shoulder blade tattoo. What has she got here? What does this one say? Oh, there's a lot of women with uh, shit written on their backs in different languages. All right, here's to me, here's to you, and here's to life and laughter. I'll be true as long as you and not a single moment after. Jesus Christ. What? And, and it literally looks like she wrote it on her back and had someone else fill, fill it in. Here's to me, here's to you. Oh, my God. Love never fails. All right, this guy's gotten written on both forearms. I listen to the... I listen to the bray of my heart. I am, I am, I am. Oh, my God. Dude, these are like... You know, the thing I like about this shit that they write it on their bodies is that's just a great thing to read during your during a first date. All right. Here's one for you. If you if you meet a girl with a foot tattoo, like you got to go in another direction. Right. There's nothing uglier than a foot tattoo. They're just did you just. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I, you know what? I'm sure there's a lot of you guys out there. Probably most of you at this point have tattoos, right? You know, at what point are those things going to go out of style? Has this podcast just completely lost momentum? I feel like Lenny Bruce when he fucking just kept reading his uh, his court cases. I really got way too into that tattoo. I just fucking I'm enough. I'm enough with the tattoos. Every fucking athlete that stupid issues got some big dumbass piece on their back of their shoulders. And you know what? I got to be honest with you. It all looks the same. Bunch of squibbly squibs, squabbly doos. There's always a fish or a fucking dragon in there. You know? The fuck is wrong with you? Everybody else has one. I want one too. It's one of the greatest things I ever did was I never got a fucking tattoo. Back, you know what's funny? Back when, uh, when, I, was, when I was just a lad... And you got tattoos. People, it was the tail end of getting like cartoon characters, like just about four inches away from your dick. You know? You get it like, you, I remember there was a guy who had Yosemite Sam with the two guns and said, back off. And it was just to the right of his package. You know? I knew another guy, he got the fucking Budweiser label. That's what you got, you know? You didn't sit there and have to be like fucking... You know, a stitch in time saves the sorcerer who gets up early and catches the worm. Yeah, a bunch of fucking cunts. You know what? Keep getting your tattoos. I like it. You know, it's branding you as someone not worthy of talking to. Um, 
can you guys do that for me this weekend? Can you walk around when you see people who have those and when you just read them, just point at them like you're in that invasion of the body snatcher and just go, oh, shit. Damn. And then fucking walk away. No, don't do that. Don't You know what? Don't even listen to me. Um, all right. The fuck was I going to talk about this week? Oh, guess what I did this week? Oh, freckle face Bill. Guess what I did? You know, a year ago, I rode a fucking motorcycle or whatever. I went dirt bike riding. I actually took a motorcycle safety course. It was uh, it was a day and a half. And I got to tell you, man, it was fucking uh, exhilarating and terrifying. So I actually I passed the class somehow. I don't think I should have. I was doing my little U-turns. I had to put my little foot down there. <laughs> um, no, it was a great fucking time. So basically how it worked was you rode for like four hours and then you had a class. Um, and I realized how spoiled I am as a fucking human being. You know, just having this, the life that I have where I don't have a boss and I basically do whatever the fuck I want. I have not been in a classroom. Um... And I just immediately, I, I just takes me back to why I chose the route I chose. I just never liked the classroom situation. But this this was uh, was actually a great time. But I just immediately had anxiety. And I'm like half paying attention. And then, and then in the end, they're like, okay, now we're going to do the test. And I went right back to when I was like in eighth grade. Like, oh, God, I'm going to fail this. And the guy's like, no one has ever failed this. And you're like, oh, good, pressure, pressure. I'm a moron. Was sitting there at the table and everybody's fucking finishing before. I was like, there was like, I don't know, 40 people in the class. I think I finished 37th as far as completing the test. Um, I don't know, it's 50 questions. I got four wrong. I think something like that. I don't fucking know. But somehow I passed. And um, that was funny. I've never flip flopped so much in my life on a decision. I was thinking, am I going to get a bike? Should I just get a dirt bike? Should I just know how to do this? And then, you know, I, I just want to learn how to ride a motorcycle. You know, uh, I grew up in the 80s. All right. I watched a lot of action movies. And one of the things that I always was envious of the action heroes, aside from their oiled up fucking 80s lifting weights, no squats ever bodies, was uh, the fact that no matter what vehicle they approached, not only were the keys always in it, they knew how to drive it. They knew how to drive everything from a dump truck to a fucking helicopter, airplane. They could sail. They could fucking do anything. So, you know, it's coming up where, you know, we got to raise the debt ceiling again. Eventually, the wave's going to hit the beach. And there's going to be a period where you could quite possibly be getting chased down the street by an angry fucking mob. It's, it's just everything goes to shit you know so at that point it would be nice if you had the ability to whatever escape vehicle you meet you ran into you could actually just jump in and just be all right with it right sylvester stallone fucking uh, uh arnold schwarzenegger steven seagal chuck norris they never and I challenge you to find anything that they fucking ran up to in any of those movies that they did not. Jet ski, fucking motorboat, sailboat, submarine, combine, helicopter, fucking plane with, with only can land on water. Those skis or the tires doesn't make a difference. They could instrument rated. They, everything. Everything. 
They could be on a fucking plane, a commercial airline, and somehow kill the person next to them, put a hat over their face without anybody noticing, crawl down into where the luggage is, and then jump off the landing gear and do a fucking mosh at the end of the, 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 the runway. They were unstoppable. So I've added motorcycle. All right? I could drive a car, stick, or regular, and now I can drive a motorcycle. I'm just checking off the list. <laughs> I have a day and a half of experience. No, it's actually really fascinating, and it made me a better driver, and I actually have uh, much more appreciation of, uh, of the skill it takes to ride a motorcycle. It's not like a car. Yeah, no shit, Bill. No, but just shit that you wouldn't think. Like, I didn't, I didn't understand all that went into just going around a turn on a motorcycle. And how not only do you, hit the, do you not hit the brake, but if you hit the brake, you're actually going to, you know, you're going to crash. You got to judge, look through the whole turn, judge your speed, and then fucking power your way through it. Um, pretty intense. I got, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to act like I was, eh, I got this. This is easy. Then we, we go into the class and like, has anybody seen that? And I'm getting excited. Like, wow, I just rode a bike for four hours. I got it up to third gear, downshifting. This is fucking great. And then I went into the class and one of the things, you know, the group discussion, they was like, anybody ever see a motorcycle accident or been in a motorcycle accident? It's like fucking almost everybody, or at least half the class, puts their hands up and they start telling stories. And this one guy was like a paramedic. And he's going like, yeah, you know, I saw this uh, guy he was going like 90, hit a car head on and his heart came out of his chest. He had like all these stories. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, like laughing to myself. Go, what the fuck am I signing up for here? This is insane. Um, and then like the guy who was teaching the class who looked like he was born on a motorcycle and was fucking, you know, rode the same way. was you know, obviously, he's the instructor. He's fucking great at riding bikes. He even had a story of a couple months ago. Yeah, you know, I hit some sand, and I was like, so, you know, I'm going over the fucking handlebars, and I'm like, keep my body relaxed. And all I'm thinking in my head is, it's like, dude, you went down? You went down. Right? This guy, I'm telling you, just looked like he was just made to ride a fucking... He just had that. I ride a motorcycle look, as opposed to me, who looks like some douche who goes to take a safety course. And I'm just thinking, this guy went down... This guy's an EMT talking about people's hearts coming out of their chest. I'm just like, what? This is fucking stupid. You know? So uh, I, I don't know where I'm at. I think I'm just going to maybe just ride on dirt is what I'll do. You can't, you can't fucking ride a bike out here in L.A. It's, it's, I, you know what it is? I'm old enough to know it's fucking stupid. So uh, I think I'm going to, if I'm going to do it. I'd just get like a dirt bike and I'd put it in the back of my truck, drive out of the city and all the people texting, get to where the trail is and then just ride around on dirt. Now, I know all you cunts are going to be like, actually, most of the fatalities happen off road. People not paying attention. Tra- I know. I understand there's risk with everything. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's a good thing that I waited till I was 45 to learn how to ride a motorcycle because if I was thinking if I was 21 – and I would just, I wouldn't give a shit. Ah, it's not going to happen to me. That's not going to happen to me. Like, you get older, and by the time you're my age, shit has happened to you or some close friends. So you're kind of like, ah, you know, that could happen to me. Kind of like my heart in my chest on this side of my rib cage. Uh, but I got to tell you, though, I definitely got the bug, and it's the most fucking fun 
I even by the second day, I was actually getting frustrated because I was thinking, like, I just want to take this out on the street. I'm sick of speeding up and slowing down. I just want to drive this fucking thing. And uh, I don't know. Don't worry. I'm not going to go out and do that. I'm not going to do that dumb shit. This is exactly what a lot of people do when they when they finally get to where they want to be in life, which is where I feel I am, you know, selling tickets as a comic, get some acting gigs every once in a while. You know, you got a little free time. What do you do? You pull a John Denver. You go out and get a pilot's license. You know, you fly some experimental aircraft. And next thing you know, in the news today, singer-songwriter, right? So that's definitely in the back of my head. But um, I don't know. I don't think Nia's going to let me get one anyways, to be honest with you. And that's probably a good thing. But you know what she did when she was saying no? She did the classic thing. Like, why do you want to, like, you know, have all these toys what is it with guys and have, you know, you you have your, and I'm like, what do I have? I go, I got my truck. She goes, you get your guitars. And it's like, you're upset with me because I'm enjoying life. And she's like, no, you know, I think she just doesn't want me to get one. So she tried to do that stupid argument that the motorcycle was this extension. Like, it's like your dick, like you, you guys like it. it's between their legs and they're riding this thing down the street. It's just like, I don't know what the fuck that is about. When I was riding for the last two days, at no point was I thinking about my dick other than thinking, like, I hope I don't fall off and uh, when I'm going fast enough that I get road rash on my dick. <laughs> that would be the only thing. Other than that, you know what I wish? I wish she took the class with me, you know? That's what I was actually thinking. It would be great if she took the fucking class with me and she would just see how much fun it is. It's fun. You know? I don't fucking know. So uh, I got the bug now. I got the bug, and I was looking at motorcycles all last night, so I was telling her. I said, look, all I want to do, I'm just going to get, like, the Honda Rebel. It's a fucking 250. That's exactly what I should get when I start out. If I get something else, I'll kill myself. And she starts, you know, looking up those stupid Ducatis, which were cool about up until six months ago, and now every douchebag out there has them. Like, everybody seems to have one of those fucking things. So, you know, I don't know. And I looked at the new Harleys, and I don't like them. I think they're ugly. They kind of lost their way. They, lo- they used to look meaner. So I'm just going to, uh, if I'm going to get one, I'm either going to get a dirt bike or I'm going to get this little fucking 250. I think the speedometer only goes up to like 70 or 80. Um, I don't know. Tell me, what do you, what do you guys think? And this is, is going to be one of those extreme uh, conversations. And believe me, I've heard all the things. Get a motorcycle. You might as well buy the coffin to go with it. It's not a helmet. It's a brain bucket. I've heard all of that shit. Um, I don't know. Just uh, it does seem like a lot of fun, right? Uh, you know, if I if I get one, I'm gonna be one of those douchebags who gets like a little two fifty, and I'll have like all the gear on. I'll be dressed like Alf Samuelson if he ever rode a motorcycle, like completely overprotected, <laughs> fucking RoboCop suit on and i just ride around my neighborhood never never get out of second gear um anyway so that's what the fuck i did with my week but you know it's good to know though if i ever get chased by a bunch of people with hatchets down the street and i happen upon a fucking motorcycle and there's a little key there provided it's not an old one with the throttles on the other side or the shifter or whatever the fuck it is uh, i'll be able to i'll be able to escape you know All right, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Okay, everybody, it's time for a little bit of advertising. I know this is your favorite part of the week. 
Well, God damn it, it's mine too. Bill's finally going to stop babbling and actually read something that's prepared. All right, here we go. Um, okay, e-voice, everyone. You're screening calls, closing deals, and making money all while lounging poolside in the summer sun. Thanks to who? E-voice. E-voice is a better way to connect with people that drive your business. E-voice will forward business calls to your home, mobile, or any number you choose. Wherever you are, E-voice will find you. Don't have time to take a call? It's routed to voicemail. And you can read it at your convenience as a text message. E-voice not only gives you an edge over your competitors, it takes away the edge the big companies have over you right now. With E-voice, you can create the appearance of a whole office building of departments, when customers call you, a sales department, customer support, tech support, you name it, it's going to sound like you have it all through the wonder of eVoice. And it works with any phone, even yourself. Hey, it's summer. Don't be stuff, stuck in the office all day. Free yourself with a free 30-day trial of eVoice so you can see what I'm talking about over here. Go to eVoice.com and enter the promo code Bill for your 30-day free trial. That's eVoice.com, promo code Bill. Or go to the podcast page on billbird.com and click on the e-voice banner. And uh, the next one, TiVo. TiVo. Tim TiVo. Before TiVo, watching TV was weirdly hard. You could only watch a show at a certain time. And if you missed it or even part of it, you literally had to wait for it to go into reruns before you could see it again. I could vouch for that. I am an old man. TiVo totally changed all of that. And while other DVRs exist, they are not as sickalicious as TiVo. Because if you have cable, TiVo lets you watch your shows wherever you want. With TiVo Stream, you can watch on your iPad, all over your house, and even transfer your favorite recordings and take them with you. On an airplane, waiting in line at the DMV, the dentist office, TiVo t makes other DVRs look like they were designed by some Soviet com committee. Only TiVo searches both cable and web to find any movie, any show, any video at the press of the button. You hear that? Both cable and the web. That's what sets them apart. Netflix, Netflix uh, Amazon, YouTube. Uh, now, those are just like more channels on your TV. Oh, wow. You can look at all of that. That's amazing. And with the TiVo Mini, one TiVo box works on a second TV from the couch to the kitchen, from the minivan to 35,000 feet up in an airplane. TiVo makes TV about 1,000 times better. Um, there you go. All righty. Bing, bang. That was easy, wasn't it? All right, let's get back to this. So anyway, so I'm looking at the body issue here, and uh, I'm telling you, to get inspired, Gary Player. The guy's like 77 years old. I forget what he's at. 5'7", weighs a buck 55. He's like at his high school weight. There he is. There he is. Who he is? Golfer. PGA Tour winner. Achievement Award winner. He's 5'7", 150 pounds. Um... I got to read this quote that he didn't have to have tattooed on his tattooless body here. He said, a great man in India said to me, Mr. Player, the less you eat, the longer you live. In Western society, it's eat, eat plenty and die young. I'm 70% vegetarian. This morning, I didn't have any fats, no bacon, no sausage, no butter. But I'm a normal human being. I have a Snickers if I want one. I'm not a martyr. I mean, dude, you can't, if that's not something to aspire to, you know? Last time I was in 150, I was in fucking, I mean, I'm taller than the guy, but the guy's at his high school weight, you know? He can still f fit into his fucking tuxedo that he wore back in uh, when he danced to Benny Goodman, you know? You know what's funny about that vegetarian shit? You always fight it, right? 
You sit there, guy. Ah, you gotta have some meat. You gotta blah 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 blah. But I gotta tell you, if you eat a giant salad every day, you're gonna be right as rain. You can eat a steak, and afterwards, you can feel like you have a fucking shoe in your stomach. You gotta take a net. You, you know, your body shuts down. If you have red meat and potatoes, right? You know, goddamn well, you gotta take a nap. You literally have to fucking sleep it off. You know, you never have to sleep off a salad, people. Um, that's what I've learned as I've gotten older. To st- I, I got to stop fighting it, you know. I want the meat eaters to be right. Does that make sense? Who wants to eat a fucking... Don't you want cheeseburgers and fries to be the right way to go? Of course you do. But I'm telling you. Um, oh, did I mention I, I finally ate a tomato out of my garden? My little modest garden, dude. I, I got to tell you, it was one of the most fucking unbelievable experiences of my life. It was, it was like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck I was eating for the first 45 years of my life. Um, I got to tell you, do, do it if you want. Don't. This is great. I, I, I got tomatoes growing right out in front of my house. Cucumbers and peppers. I'm on my way. I'm going to have a bunch of fucking veggies growing out there. I know how to ride a motorcycle, right? So I'll just have a bag of veggies always ready to go. <laughs> that's, that's my... Uh, that's my game plan. But the thing is, is if anybody on my block knows my game plan, if they listen to this, then all they're going to do is just steal my vegetables, right, and put some piano wire across the street, and that's going to be the end of me, you know? Wouldn't that make sense? Oh, here you go. I just got a text message answering a question. I would have this tattooed on my body. Hang on a second. I've been playing a lot of drums lately, everybody. And I've been fucking with that Zeppelin song, In My Time of Dying. And I never know how to count it. To count it in for that. You know when he starts off? When the fucking drums come in? I never, I I can't fucking do I knew, I kind of thought it was maybe in 4-4. So I got the answer here to all you drummers out here. This is coming from a professional drummer. It's in 4-4. If you mean the big Tom hits, which I do. They are one... What? They are one and of one and of two. Get the fuck. So it's one and and. Is it? I thought I was convinced the guitar riff that opens the, th- the song starts off on the and of four. Oh, that's what it is. And one and two and three. Okay. Okay, you motherfuckers. See, that's the thing I loved about Zeppelin. Is they always did that little tricky shit. So that da na 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 starts on the end of four. And okay, all right. Was that the most boring thing ever to hear me trying to figure that shit out? Um. All right, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, hey, I owe I owe a major fucking apology. Last week, you know, I have the apologies every week. So last week, I was talking about uh, I got to get his fucking name here. The guy who won Wimbledon. Let me let me look this here. Wimbledon, two thousand thirteen. Something Murray, right? What's his name here? Andy Murray. And I said, hey, for the first time ever, congratulations! The first time ever, an English guy won the fucking uh, the Wimbledon. Turns out the guy was Scottish. So right there, I gave Andy Murray his props, and instead of calling, but then I called him English, which is a classic example of what. 
That is some cold lotion. I want to hear somebody send me some audio of that with the fucking Scottish accent. I apologize to everybody in Scotland. People in Scotland can't stand English people, you know? Actually, most people in Ireland can't stand them either. They're not, they're not a very well-liked group of people. And you know why? People are just hating on them, you know? Just hating on them, how fucking successful they are with their kingdom, right? Great Britain, the English Empire. They got, you know something? They, they're like a franchise that got bought out, you know? Like, remember back in the day, there was Kinko's everywhere you went? And, oh, wait, wait, Blockbuster. They're like the Blockbuster video of fucking uh, empires. Actually, every empire is. After a while, you just get bought out by something else. And I would say that uh, our empire, the United States, we're like Blockbuster in like 2006. You know, you see the writing on the wall. Um, so that's it right there. You can't be a tub of shit. It's coming to an end here, people. Something's going to fucking happen. All right. So you got to get your ass in shape. You got to start growing tomatoes and you got to learn how to drive, ride, sail, any fucking thing that's out there. Um. <laughs> uh, I'm a fucking moron. Um, I don't have anything to talk about this week, people. I'm not going to lie to you. I got nothing. Okay. Usually I talk about sports. This oh, I know what I can talk about in the wonderful wide world of sports. Did anybody see Nelly going off on Kobe or discussing Kobe? Huh? That's what I finally, I feel vindicated. Somebody else is seeing it. He's talking about Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard leaving, going, maybe he doesn't want to play with Kobe. And you know what's so funny? Stephen A. Smith is sitting there going, blasphemy, blasphemy, as, as, he's, <laughs> as Nelly is has the audacity. To criticize Kobe Bryant. That's why I love Stephen A. Smith, because that's the funniest thing. He's saying blasphemy like Nelly is talking about the Son of God. That's how blinded Stephen A. Smith is about criticizing Kobe Bryant because of his friendship with that guy and protecting his interview. Stephen A. Smith, I know you can't say it, but come on. Come on, man. You know you know the deal. Kobe Bryant, they're, they're in the history of NBA basketball there's never been another guy who's gotten more help getting five championships than Kobe Bryant all right the same way the Celtics piled on in 2008 and the Miami Heat the last couple of years Kobe Bryant every year he's on a team like that and I'm talking to my buddy Jason Lawhead they're saying LeBron the rumor is he's going to opt out so's Carmelo Anthony and they're both going to go to LA how much more fucking help does this guy need Unfucking believable, but like Stephen A. Smith, can you ever address this if you somehow somebody sends this to you? Because I am a huge fan. All right, explain this to me. At the risk of you saying blasphemy, as I say this, how a player like Kobe Bryant can walk off the court twice this year during horrific losses, walk off on his own team. You tell me how that does not breed resentment in the locker room. All right. And how doing shit like that all year does not end up with your fucking star center saying I'm leaving. All right? And I'm not saying that, you know, Mr. Howard didn't fucking fall short. All right? I just hate saying Dwight. It's Dwight. It's Dwight Howard. Dwight. Spell it D-U-H-White. All right? Um, I don't know. 
All Dwight Howard has to do is just steal a couple of moves from Akeem and a couple of moves from Kevin McHale, and he's going to be fucking unstoppable. And he had a look on his face like maybe he was going to commit to doing that for at least four days before he was going to have that silly grin, look how pretty I am and look how big my arms are. I don't give a shit anymore that he brings to the court every night. <laughs> do you realize if you include Stephen A. Smith that I just criticized about 40 foot of uh, human being? You understand that? That could all kick my ass. I don't know about Stephen A. Smith. I think I could take him to the ground, choke him out with his tie. Who knows? Blasphemy. Blasphemy. But uh, that's one of the YouTube videos of the week. You got to see that. And then I also have a great uh, – I was watching the NHL Network this week. And uh, NHL Network, underrated. They, they just – you know what they did? They just – oh, you know, they just showed every Islanders clinching game during their, their four-year dynasty that they had from 80 to 83. And uh, – I got this great clip after they beat uh, – who did they beat? They beat the North Stars, I think, in 1980 uh, when Nystrom had that overtime goal. Fucking unbelievable pass, too. And uh, one of the Sutter brothers had just been called up from the minus, and they interview him. And it's just like – it just was the most unsmooth ending to an interview. It's uh, The name of the YouTube video is, is Good Luck. We'll have that up there for you, too. Um, and with that, I've, I've babbled enough here. Let me uh, let me read a little fucking ad here, and then we'll get into the questions for the week. Sound good? Well, you don't have a choice because that's how it's going down. All right. Dollar Shave Club, everybody. All right? This is why I like Dollar Shave Club because for years I've been complaining about why do they treat like disposable razor blades like they're gold bullions. You know, for some reason, it's like 40 bucks for a pack. They got them behind glass you got to find somebody with the key, you know? The, the reason why – you know why people steal them? It's because they're horrifically overpriced. Wouldn't it be nice if someone was doing something about that? Well, I give you Dollar Shave Club. All right? Dollar Shave Club, it's a cool brand, and they send you these quality radi uh, radios, razors, right to your door every month. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to wait in line, get someone to unlock the, them from the cage, like I was just saying and pay way too much money for a bunch of features that don't even fit on your old handle. Shaving has become such a mess, but not with Dollar Shave Club. It, you know what? I'm part of this now. It saves me time, and it saves me money, and the razors are great. They're just as good as any of that crap behind the glass, you know? Except you don't have to go out and get it. If you want to try it, go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash burr. Support this show. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash burr, or click on the Dollar Shave, Shave banner on the podcast page at billbird.com. Once a month, they're going to bring you your blades. You don't even have to think about it. You throw out the old ones, and you have a nice, smooth shave all month. You don't pay too much for it. Give it a shot, all right? God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. Okay, let's get to the questions for this week, if I can find them. Oh, Christ, what did I do now? What did I do? Oh, it was great. I was talking. I wasn't stuttering this week. I, I've been reading copy. You know, I feel like my, my copy read has been good this week. All right. Okay. Water a day. Bill, this is in reference to your podcast and the consumption of water. I fell off working. I fell off working out when I was working out. What? Why do you guys do this to me? I fell off working out. But when I was working out regularly, I easily was drinking a gallon and a half of water a day, sometimes two. Two gallons? Someone questioned me on this, so I started to do research, and basically that's nowhere close to the limit. Humans can consume, I think, 
10 liters a day safely. Is that what you think? Dude, you can die drinking too much water. Like, people, please don't go out and drink two gallons straight, all right? Uh, he says, thanks for the free comedy. By the way, that's what the reverse of cold lotion? Thanks for, for the free comedy. By the way, what's the reverse of cold lotion? Like when you get a podcast out late Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, we didn't get the podcast on Monday, but guess what? Tuesday morning, we're going to have one. Um, you guys will just never get beyond the fact that the Monday morning podcast, it's my Monday morning. It's 9.44 a.m. Monday morning. I'm recording this, okay? All right? I'm just like you guys. I see it in my world. It's my Monday morning, not yours. Go fuck yourselves. Um, you know what's funny is this guy's sitting there, like, throwing out stats here, and then in the end he goes, um, humans can consume like, I think, 10 liters a day safely. So anybody listening to this, don't drink like I think 10 liters a day. Find out how many you can have and over what amount, of, uh, what period, you know? Look, you can have 30 drinks in a month, but if you drink them right in a row, you know, I don't think that's a good fucking thing. So there's got to be a way to, 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 to space it out, right? I don't fucking know. All right. All right. The truth behind Jimmy's. Last week I was talking about Jimmy's and I heard it was racist. The reason why, you know, so you call them sprinkles or something. Like up in Boston, the reason why they call them Jimmy's, that was a reference to Jim Crow. Hey, they've got a couple of Jimmy's over there. And then uh, a lot of the sprinkles being chocolate in color. It didn't translate it over. And this guy's saying that I am wrong. All right. Bill, love your podcast. And it's great to see you're getting more and more recognition. I'm from Massachusetts. And heard your comment on the podcast about Jimmy's possibly originating as a racist term. This is a bogus myth. And the history of Jimmy's is innocent and actually philanthropic. I can never say that word. Philanthropist. If I, whenever I see it, I can't say it. Philanthropic. I don't know. Philanthropic. 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 Um, so please don't get sucked into these urban myths just because you heard it from some idiot cunt. Um, seems that I've heard you blast these types in your act. Anyways, thought you would find this interesting and go fuck yourself. The Jimmy story is below. There is nothing racial about the name Jimmy's, and there are no connection whatsoever with the Jim Crow laws. Jim Crow laws were anti-African laws that many uh, southern states passed following the Civil War, and they had nothing whatsoever to do with Massachusetts. Now, wasn't Jim, Jim Crow laws was basically separate but equal, and it was never equal. It was separate, shittier but called equal, correct? Is that what it is? Anyways, um, here's the story. The Brigham family of Boston was in the restaurant business in the early 1900s. In 1911, based on a bequest, a bequest, not a, not a request, a bequest from the patriarch, the Peter Brent Brigham Hospital was founded. It later merged with the Boston Lying In Hospital and is now known as the Brigham Women's Hospital. Three years later, in 1914, a son, Edward L. Brigham, started the ice cream restaurant in Newton called Brigham's. I remember that place. Brigham's was the shit. Uh, it later became a chain of restaurants. In 1927, Sidney Farber graduated. Jesus Christ, is it going to be this long? Can I just tap out and say you're right? 1927, Sidney Farber graduated from Harvard Medical School and became a, a pathologist. At Peter Bent Brigham Hospital. Jesus, this is too fucking long. In 1929, he became a resident pathologist at the Children's Hospital. Meanwhile, 1930, a candy campaign out of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. 
Dude, can you just get to the fucking point? Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, called Just Born, introduced chocolate grains that could be used as a dessert topping. The man who ran the machine that made the grain was Jimmy Bartholomew. So the grains, the grains became known as Jimmy's. You know, everything was sounding great. You had all these dates and all these long names of hospitals. And they like, there was some guy named Jimmy. And he came up with them. Uh, fast forward to 1947. Dr. Farber established the Children's Cancer Foundation, known as the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. The next year, 1948, Dr. Farber established a fund to raise money for children's cancer. A 12-year-old boy named Inair Gustafsson, this is such bullshit at this point, these names are too long, became the poster boy. He attracted widespread, oh, is this the Jimmy Fund? Um, he attracted widespread attention after a 1948 radio broadcast for the purpose of keeping the boys in enmity. It was agreed that the poster boy should have a more all-american sounding name yeah because no one would care about an enar gustafsson enar gustafsson once you have your papers peter brent brigham hospital where dr faber first participated supported the fund brigham restaurants also decided to help raise money for the institute by offering to put chocolate grains on top of ice cream cones and sundays for an extra penny they got the grains from the just born company which sold them as jimmy's the penny went into the fund when you got Jimmy's. The boy's nickname became Jimmy, and the fund became known as the Jimmy Fund. Jimmy was a big fan of the Boston Braves baseball team. Today, they are the Atlanta Braves. Holy shit, now we got the history of baseball. When the Braves moved from Boston in 1953, the Red Sox took over as the sponsor to the Jimmy Fund. That's how the Sprinkles became known as Jimmy's. Well, you know what, sir? Like, if that isn't all true, that is the greatest filibustering ever. All right, well, fuck it. I'll call him Jimmy's again because you said so. Another unknown cunt who has a bunch of dates with hospitals and all of that. And now you know the rest of the story. Um, Jesus fucking Christ was that long. You know what's funny? You heard all of it. Now it would be great to see if you could how much you could actually remember and repeat. Hey, Bill, how did the name Jimmy's come along? Uh, there was a guy who liked ice cream, and he knew someone at a hospital, and a guy named Gustafsson got sick. And then there was a Jimmy showed up with the ice creams, and uh, they were called Jimmy's. There you go. That's, that's, uh, that's how it came about. Public service announcement for divorced listeners. Hey, Bill, a couple weeks ago, you advise divorced guys to go to another city to increase their chances of getting laid by a good 40%. Did I say that? You know, I'm just trying to fill an hour. I don't even remember saying that. And now that I read it back, it doesn't even make sense to me. Um, I concur. Oh, okay. I guess it does make sense. Allow me to provide a public service to these guys and save them the trouble of trying to figure out where to go. Get to Amsterdam, gentlemen. <laughs> I moved here four years ago from Canada, and it's been insane. There are a couple of reasons for this, none of which has to do with weed or hookers, though you can go that route if you want. Reasons. Dutch women, gorgeous, with bodies sculpted by a lifetime of dairy products and riding a bike. Uh, as a definite bonus, uh, they are bored to death of Dutch guys who have zero game. It's like negative game. They're all 14-year-olds, no sense of humor, no manners, no flirting skills, nada. Wait a minute. The whole country, there's not one guy who's just slaying it? There's always one guy in every grade. 
There's a handful, but then there's that one, the chosen one that just has that thing. Anyways, whatever. And he goes, as a foreigner, you're way ahead of these stiffs as soon as you step off the plane. Yeah, that's true, because you have the accent. You're from somewhere different. Tell me about Winnipeg. Um, and it's not just the Dutch chicks. The city is filled with hot European women, either on, uh, on a weekend bender as a highly impressionable intern because their own country's economy is even in a shittier place or as an expatriate sowing their chick oats. It's a freaking gold mine. Uh, you can get here, you can get by here easily on English. Everyone speaks it really well. Throw in a couple of Dutch words, shit that you can learn on the plane, and you've upped your chances by another 30%. Anyway, there you have it, boys. Uh, go fuck yourself. Oh, he said go frig yourself, Canadian politeness. Yeah, you know, that's something I wish I knew back when I was a single man. Just get your ass to a different country and you're in- inter- instantly, you're interesting. You have an accent, you know, your clothes are a little different, a different perspective. You know, you've seen that. These fucking cunts come over from England and they're like, oh, my God, I love your accent. They're sitting there with their fucking tight pants. You can see their ankles and their balls all at the same time, you know. Um, All right. For the birds. Hey, Bill, I got these two parakeets. My problem is that these little dudes don't like me. Uh, I've tried whistling, petting them. I don't know you can pet a bird. And squirting them with water. Uh, do they like water? I'm guessing that that's a good thing. Parakeets like water. I don't know. Why don't we ask the fucking Jimmy's guy to write a fucking nine pages on it? I love how I'm upset with that guy because he actually did the research as opposed to me who were like, oh, yeah, I overheard this in a bar. So anyways, this guy's petting his birds. He's fucking getting them with the water hose. He's whistling at them. Woo! Ow! Um, All to no avail. I know they're only birds, but I feel they hold a deep resentment towards me. Well, you clipped their wings and you stuck them in a cage. How would you feel? Somebody cut your fucking nuts off, came by, started whistling at you and throwing water at you. You know? I got an idea. Why don't you leave them alone? Why don't you open the cage? Right? Why don't you take them to one of those Kardashian doctors and uh, get a little Botox in their fucking wings and let them fly away? Wouldn't that be annoying to you if you were in a cage? Your arms cut off at the fucking elbows and somebody came up and rather than whistling, they started speaking English at you. Speaking English at you. Um, He goes, I think it's because I yelled at them. Oh, here we go. He goes, I think they resent me because I yelled at them. What did you, what what, what were they doing? Uh, I said, no, whistling during my shows. Basically, I had to scold them for pooping in their water dish. But I had their best interest in mind. Dude, do you understand how fucking insane you are? That you feel like you can talk to a bird? You know, why don't you, like, not stick the water dish, you know, under where the, the, was it underneath the swing? Or what I would do is I'd just get a bigger cage. I'd get a bigger fucking cage. I'd put the water in the center that isn't near any of those trapeze bars, and hopefully they won't be at the top of the cage and still shit down on it. Or I would accept the fact that it's a bird in a cage and that it's, you know, basically anything at the bottom of the cage might as well be the city of Dresden, right? I would just take that as part of it. I wouldn't yell at the birds. But anyways, this guy, he had to scold them for pooping in their water. 
but I had their best interest in mind. I heard if they drink contaminated water, it can cause a disease that makes all their feathers fall off. Well, you could also read up on it as opposed to me who just repeats shits that they hear. He goes, I do a lot for those little guys, but putting jackets on nude parakeets isn't one of them. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't. They don't even let me pet them, let alone dress them. Dude, you're not a bird guy. You should have got a dog. Uh, He goes, when I originally bought them, I imagined I would have one parakeet on each shoulder while hanging out around my house. But instead, whenever I approach the cage, they freeze in horror. Every time they do that, I can't help but remember my brother's face when he fell through the ice and we had to pull him out. I thought maybe if I bought them more toys, they would that would somehow help. Dude, birds' motivation isn't more toys. Their motivation is you not having energy like I'm going to fucking twist your head off. Dude, their wings are clipped so they can't escape. You got them stuck in a cage. They're terrified and you yelled at them. I would say more than on one occasion you yelled at them. All right. Um, You need to fucking relax. All right. Listen to this. Would you would you want to be like your job to be in a cage all day? You know, and then some, you know. I don't know, some giant comes home and puts you on its fucking shoulders. And your whole job is to enhance the giant's fucking life. You know what I mean? Have a little bit of empathy for the fucking birds. What I would do is I would just have a totally relaxed energy and hope that they forget that you're screamed at them. Treat them nicely. Don't try to pet them. Just don't fuck with them. Every time you come over, they'll gradually be like, oh, this is the guy who feeds us. This guy who brings water. This guy's on our side, you know, as opposed to the mixed messages that you're sending them. Um, Yeah, birds don't give a fuck about toys, you know? Do they? I don't think they do. Um, he said, I bought them a new toy every Friday on my way home from work, and there's a ridiculous amount of toys in the cage, and here's the kicker. They haven't played with a single one, not once. Well, dude, do you look at the birds outside? They're, they're not out. If you, you leave your toddler's toys outside, they don't go, oh, good, they left, and then they go down and they start playing on his fucking tricycle. He goes, they just stare at me. I took them to the vet, but he spent more time looking at his phone than the birds. Anyways, any advice would be greatly appreciated. Um, I think you should find a bird lover, sir, and uh, give the birds away. And then, um, I don't know, I think you should get your temper in check. And before, and before you do that, yeah, get your temper in check. And then if you want to get a dog, it seems like you want more interaction with the pet. Most people get birds because they can have an interaction with an animal, but they don't have to walk it down the street. And uh, there's very a lot less interaction with them you seem like you want a bird to act like a dog slash a little kid like hey daddy's home i bought you a fire engine oh boy look at that does the bell work you know somehow you want the bird to do that um yeah please stop yelling at your birds all right they can't help if they shit in the water you know they're birds they're not supposed to be in cages They fly around and they shit as they fly. They shit when they're on branches. When they have to go, they go. They don't have any stress. They don't have any shame. There's water all over the place. So now you got them in this fucking cage with a little confined area of water. You know, what what are they supposed to do? Well, what what, what do I know about the restaurant business? Um, All right, size issues. Oh, Jesus, here we go again. Here we go again. Maybe you need a motorcycle. All right. 
size issue. Uh, que pasa, Bilinardo? Hola, Bilinardo, que pasa? Ocho. Uh, we all know your disability um, to read pop properly. Well, you know what? You don't even know how to write a sentence properly. Half of this shit is I get too far in front of myself, and the other half is you guys don't know how to write a fucking sentence. We all know your disability to read properly. Is that even written correctly? Or am I a moron again? We all know you have a disability when it comes to reading properly. Isn't that how it's supposed to be? So I, I don't know. Fuck. So I'm going to give it the, my best shot to keep it very short. Look at you coming with the arrogance like you have all life, life figured out, right? You got something tattooed on your rib cage. Um, as you may have read the subject title of this email, you may already know where this is heading. Yeah, you seem pretty cocky for a guy with a little dick. Um, he says, I recently got into an argument with my girlfriend who I've, who I've been with for a little more than two and a half years where she told me that she wished I had a bigger dick. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that relationship is over, dude. That relationship is over one of two ways. Either one, she's just trying to be so fucking mean to you that you break up with her because she doesn't want to be the bad guy. Or she's just such a fucking self-involved human being that she doesn't realize... Like, how mean that is. They'd be like, you said, yeah, I like you. I wish your tits were bigger. That would just be the meanest fucking thing. Why would you say that to somebody that you cared about? That's a horrible thing to say, sir. You know what? You started off as an arrogant cunt. Now I'm feeling bad for you. Uh, dude, that's not the mother of your kids. Just take the dick out of the equation. What if you just said your nose is too big? That's just fucking, uh, that's, 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 that's just something a terrible person says. She goes, I was shocked to hear this and didn't know what to say. There's nothing to say. There's nothing you can do about it. This is the first time she ever mentioned my penis size. Also the first time in my life, by the way, I guess anybody's ever brought it up. To be honest, I don't know that I'm not well endowed with my 5.5-inch rocket. You're a little below average, sir. I'm not going to lie to you. Now I'm being mean. You know, you can grab the rim, but you can't stuff it home, if you know what I mean. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I did have little uh, have insecurities about it in the past, but learned to accept it and moved on. I never heard any of my former bed partner girls complain, and the sex was usually great. Um, I know that it may sound ridiculous, but those few words were heartbreaking to hear and put a big giant stain on my confidence. Yeah, it's a terrible thing that she said. I haven't felt like having sex ever since, and she made oh ever since she made that remark. And I am afraid it's going to be a while. I haven't spoken to her since the argument, since I work a lot. We don't live together. I know it's a stupid thing to be upset about. No, it isn't, sir. You're 100% in the right. 100% in the right. And he goes, and I usually don't really care about penis sizes. But but hearing that you're small from your own girlfriend is a whole other story. I'm typically not that guy that gets back at her by pointing out her physical flaws. But I don't know where... To go from here. Uh, it's even been difficult texting with her. What do I do, Bill? Got any advice? Okay, you said you don't know where to go from here. I can tell you exactly where to go. Right out her front fucking door. That's it. It's a wrap, sir. It's a wrap, okay? Now listen, I'm not saying that she's wrong for wanting a bigger dick, okay? Like, 
she needs more to satisfy her or whatever, or she just wants to go out and bang some fucking big dick dude at this point. All right? You know, but her tact is wrong. Okay? You, you, you would accept it yourself, which is one of the greatest things you can do that leads towards being happy every day, which leads you to treating the people around you respectfully, which leads them to treating you respectfully, which leads to more happiness. She fucked with the core of your happiness. You know, you felt good about yourself. She pointed out something and made you feel horrible about yourself. It's one of the worst fucking things she could have done as far as mentally to you. And, and right now, the last thing you want to do is go out and say the same thing to her. All right. If you really want to do just paraphrase what the fuck I just said. It just, just, I don't know. And I, I would just leave it at that. I, and, and the childish thing to do, this is what you really want to get her back. Just saying the childish thing for me to do would point out some, some of your physical flaws. And the great thing is, is you leave it ambiguous. Okay. And I guarantee you, she's going to be in a bathroom mirror staring at herself. Uh, if you want to get mean. Okay. But, um, you know what this, but I got to tell you something. What's even better you, you got to have this, what's known as the self-esteem breakup, okay? Which you're totally in the right here, and you just say, listen, all right? What you said to me, I, fe- I used to feel good about myself, and what you said to me messed with the core of my own, my own happiness and how I feel about myself, and that's not what I'm looking for in a girlfriend or a potential wife. And uh, I just can't see you ever being a good mother. If you would say something like that, it's just something along those lines. I, I don't know. Don't, I keep going mean. Don't go mean. Uh, whatever the fuck I just said. I was just trying to paraphrase what the fuck I said. But, uh, dude, this, this is, you, you should feel good about yourself. All right? You know, you're, you're not a porn star, but you're also, you know, you're not like, uh, you, you're not what she's making you out to be here. All right? That's it. You're still, you're still in the game, sir. Okay? You're not part of the starting five. Hey, neither am I. You know, but you and I, we come off that bench. Okay? We're the kind of guys. We're the guys that go in the corners. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, man. That's, that's, you're, you're 100% advice. My advice would be that this girl is, is not anywhere near the level of maturity she needs to be in, and uh, might never even get to that level. Um uh, the only the redeeming thing that I can say to her is she has such a difficult time doing what she wants to do in life that maybe she wanted to break up with you for a while and she didn't know how to do it and was building up and then there was just an argument and then she just said that. Or um, I don't know. Have you said anything to her? I have no idea. Um, oh, it's funny. He says, uh, thanks for the weekly podcast. You have no idea what it means to me. See you in Amsterdam. Well, from what this other guy was writing, sir, there's a bunch of uh, beautiful ladies out there in Amsterdam. Um, yeah, dude, what the fuck? They're all riding bikes. They're in great goddamn shape. Go out and go get, go, go find yourself a sweetheart. All right? All right, there you go. Okay, Bulgaria. Bulgaria, everybody. Hey, there, Billy Redface. Um, oh, wait a second. I got to read the last advertising here. I'm sorry, guys. We got a couple here. We got a couple, two or three here. Um, oh, I got to do the last chunk here. Last chunk. All right. 
Where am I going? Legal Zoom, everybody. Most Americans don't have a will. But why? You guys all have stuff, right? You don't want somebody you don't like getting your stuff, do you? LegalZoom.com, everybody. You don't want the government rules dictating what happens to your property and minor children. You don't. So why procrastinate? Most people say too expensive, too time-consuming. I don't want to deal with it, man. My answer is LegalZoom.com. Too expensive? You're going to love LegalZoom's reasonable prices. Too time-consuming. Most people finish the online process in just 20 minutes. And we're not talking some fill-in-the-blank forms. Uh, Your will is state-specific and personalized based on your information. Best of all, LegalZoom has 12 years of experience helping people with important legal matters. Um, It's National Make Your Will Month, people. Uh, So don't wait any longer. Go to LegalZoom.com and get 15% off your last will, but this offer ends soon. Or get a living trust and you'll receive a uh, pour-over will absolutely free. Uh, To get your special discount, be sure to enter Burr in the referral box at checkout. For wills, powers of attorneys, trusts, and more, go to LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom can provide self-help services at your specific direction or connect you with an attorney, but they are not a legal firm. All right. Stamps.com, everybody. There's nothing instant about getting postage from the post office. Driving there, parking, it's a waste of time. So you use Stamps.com instead. Instantly get postage for any letter or package right from your own desk. Stamps.com is so quick and easy to use that even a moron like me can use it. Buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer or printer. Stamps.com will send you a digital scale that automatically calculates the exact postage you need. They'll even help you decide the class of mail based on your needs. No guesswork, plus it's convenient. Take care of your mailing and shipping wherever you need to, 24-7, right from your own desk. You'll never have to go to the post office again. I use Stamps.com to send out all my DVDs. I have never, repeat, ever had a problem. Uh, Right now, use my last name, Burr, for the special offer, no-risk trial, plus a $110 bonus. That includes a digital scale and up to $55 free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in Burr, B-U-R-R. That's Stamps.com. Enter Burr. And finally, Hulu Plus, everyone. Uh, I'm sure you've tried Hulu.com. I'm sure you're a fan, but I want to tell you about the newest, latest Hulu. Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere. Stream it on your TV or go to your smartphone or tablet. Why stand in line or ride a train and just stare at your feet? You could be watching your favorite shows on Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus is a great way to binge watch your favorite shows. I'm going to use Hulu Plus to catch up on the old Family Guy episodes I've missed when I was on the road or Rockford Files or whatever the hell else I want to watch. Or maybe all the Lord of the Rings. Wouldn't that be phenomenal? Didn't see an episode of New Girl? That's on Hulu Plus, too. And if I ever decide to watch Lost, Hulu Plus is the place for that. If I ever want to watch 90 hours of Lost, I can do it on Hulu Plus. You get the point? It's only $7.99 a month, everybody. $7.99 for all the shows and movies you can watch. Catch up on current shows, binge on old and favorite new shows. It's great. You can do it all on Hulu Plus. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus for a couple of weeks for free on me. When you go to the podcast page at BillBird.com, click on the Hulu Plus banner or go to HuluPlus.com slash Burr. Okay, there you go, everybody. And that right there is all the advertising for this week. Um, all right, where am I going here? Back to the question. Bulgaria, everybody. Hey there, Billy Redface. I heard you ask about Bulgaria in Eastern Europe. I've traveled around Europe over the last five years, and Bulgaria is very nice. Plus, they love Americans. 
Serbia is pretty nice, too. They don't love Americans like the Bulgs, but uh, it's still safe. Even though we bombed them in the 90s, they even have a pretty good sense of humor about it. And if they know you're American, your American perfect strangers will walk. Oh, if they know you're American, there should be a common comma there. Perfect strangers will walk to you and ask and ask the question, why did you bomb us? And even they settle, celebrate a battle they lost to us. Well, if they came up to me and said, why did you bomb us? I would be like, I wasn't even aware we did that. <laughs> what happened? Uh, that would make it even worse. They even celebrate a battle they lost to us. Serbia, Serbia has been very commercialized over the last 10 years. And there is a strict code of masculinity amongst the men, kind of like Americans. Plus, I don't even know what that means. Plus, the ex exchange rate is great all over the former Yugoslavia. And instead of booking a hotel, you can rent a very nice apartment for a month. And it would actually be cheaper and nicer than a hotel because there's no first or last or lease as long as you have cash and a place to crash. Stay away from Romania. The only good thing I heard about that country is the country which is beautiful in the summer. The rest of the year, it looks like Appalachia. I don't even know what that means. I don't, I don't even know what that is. Appalachia. Um, I, yeah, I always feel like if I'm going to get kidnapped in Europe, I always feel like it's going to be in Eastern Europe. I would think of that. And you never hear anything about Bulgaria. What the, wait, what the fuck did we do? I need to know this. We're going to be dropping bombs on people in a bad way. We bombed Serbia? Was that when the, all the, the Croatia, the Serbians, Bosnia, Herzegovina, they were all fucking battling with each other? That's when Yugoslavia and Czechoslovakia became independent of Russia. And now they didn't have a common enemy in the Russians because they had pulled out after like 1990. And then they instantly picked up on these wars that had been gone for like 90 years. Isn't that what happened? Ah, Jesus. Hey, America bombs Serbia. NATO bombing of Yugoslavia. All right. Reason why I hate USA, America bombing of Serbia. Oh, that's a video. Oh, Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, didn't he bomb them because he fucking was fingering that fucking refrigerated-faced... <laughs> fucking mess of a woman. You make me feel like a younger man. Can I stick this cigar in your pussy? Um, the NATO bombing of Yugoslavia was NATO's military operation against the Federal Republic of Yugoslavia during the Kosovo War. The strikes lasted from March 24th, 1999 to June 10th, my birthday, 1999. The official NATO operation uh, code was Operation Allied Force, yada, yada, yada. Goals. NATO's objective in the Kosovo conflict were stated in the North Atlantic counting's meetings. But yeah, and I imagine they said it was something about freedom, but it was really about some sort of natural resource or power. Um, strategy. What the fuck is it? Come on, let's get to the. What was her name? Margot Adams. What was the name of that poor, that unfortunate woman? You know? Naval. Civilian. You don't want to look up Bill Clinton bombs Yugoslavia. Wait, Margot Adams was the fucking chick that. Uh, what's his face banged from the Red Sox? 
the hell was his name there? He used to always wave Boggs. Bill Clinton bombs Yugoslavia. What the hell was her name? Was it Margot? Began with an M. What the fuck was the name of the... Why he stuck that cigar in a thing? I can't remember her fucking name. Uh, I'm just going to stick cigar. Bill Clinton bombs Yugoslavia cigar. Let's see if that comes up. Bill Clinton. What really happened? U.S. bombing killed 224 people. Why Clinton bombed the Serbs? All right, here we go. Oh, that's just that's just too long. You know what? I don't know why he did it. But Clinton did it. He did it in 1999. I'll just look at the ground. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry we uh, sorry we bombed you. Ah, Jesus Christ. All right, well, that's the podcast for this week, everybody. I know it was kind of all over the place. Um, as is my life. Uh, this is the wrap-ups for the show here. Now that the show's over, don't forget to support all the sponsors or just one of them. Anything you can support, okay? We got, you know, you can get your vo- uh, will done at LegalZoom. You get your voice, uh, e-voice things. E-voice uh, gives you a toll-free number so you can take business calls from anywhere, sound in the office. You remember it. I've already talked about this stuff. Uh, now the show's over. You got Hulu Plus. You can binge on all those shows. If you don't like them, you can check out TiVo, right? Give you two options. You know, you don't want to buy Shave. Go to the Dollar Shave Club. You don't want to buy the Blades. I hate these fucking wrap-ups. You guys heard all of this shit before. That's it. I'm not doing the wrap-ups. Go fuck yourself. Um, all right, that's the podcast for this week. Okay, coming up this week, why am I shouting? I am going to be Friday night. I'm going to be in Boise, Idaho. Saturday night, Saturday night, Bozeman, Montana. If both those shows are not sold out, they're damn close. Uh, that's This is the beginning of the Red State Tour. And uh, then right after that, then I have to do my acting gig. And I never tell you guys much about the acting gigs because uh, so many guys I know get into movies or whatever and then they tell people they're in them and then they get cut out or whatever. So I wait till it's in theaters. When it's in theaters and I'm actually in it, then I tell you I'm in the movie. That seems to be the best way to go about it. But I know there's a lot of you people out there where you would go, hey, you know, you're supposed to be coming to my fucking flyover state and now you're not. What's the deal? Well, um... The shows have not been canceled. They have been rescheduled. Okay? So the first two stay the same. Uh, Boise State, July 26th, and the Emerson Center for the, uh, for the Arts Theater in Bozeman, Montana, is July 27th. Those are still the same. El Paso has been moved. Um, i got to change that date on my website. But right now, uh, Colorado. Boulder, Colorado, the new date is September the 4th. September the 5th is the first day of NFL football. I'm going to try to go to that because I'm going to be out there in Colorado. September 6th, Pikes Peak Center, Colorado Springs. And then, okay, El Paso has been moved to September 12th. Okay, we keep going, we keep going. And then... um, in November, I don't have the dates up here on my site yet. In November, th- those are going to be the uh, Deadwood, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Wichita, Kansas dates will be in November. And uh, for those of you asking about my um, European tour, 
These dates are already on sale. December 5th in Amsterdam. December 7th in London. December 9th in Dublin. December 11th, Copenhagen, Denmark. December 12th, Oslo, Norway. Uh, December 13th, I'm in Stockholm, Sweden. And rumor has it, this is confirmed, I'm going to be in Iceland. That's going to be the last one. I'm going to be in Reykjavik or Reykjavik, however the fuck you say it. And, uh, oh, shit, I just thought of something else. What the hell was I going to say? You know what? I just totally spaced. I don't fucking know. Anyways, I'm going to be over there. And other dates coming up are Helsinki. I'm also going to be in Glasgow, Scotland. And uh, I think that's it. That'll be it. Those are all the countries I'm hitting. Iceland, Ireland, Scotland, England, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Copenhagen, and uh, the Netherlands. So there you have it. All right? With any luck, I'm going to go to Italy right before I do my tour. I'm going to sit there. Anybody has any advice? Anybody listen to this podcast over in Italy? Where should I go? What should I do? I got like three days. I've never been there. Should I go to Rome first? Should I see the Colosseum? And if I'm there, where should I eat? Because I know everybody out there is going to be like, we got the best of them with the bubble. And they don't. I want you to tell me where it's at. All right? That's it. That's the podcast for this week. Go fuck yourselves. And uh, and that's it. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Talk.